get into it. I think we should jump right in. Okay. Continuing on our wellness wheel. Yeah, this is a, a pillar of pillar of health. Yeah. Financial health. Financial health. We checked off. Chris Eck came on. We checked off spiritual health. Yeah. Um, who else do we have on? We talk about financial, I mean, uh, fitness health yeah, all the time. Yeah, like physical health. Physical yeah, health. Physical health is a we did spiritual health. So today's pillar that we always get into. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, there are a lot of parallels with you know, physical health compared to financial health. So, yeah. you know, Garrett, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah. For the listeners? Sure. <laughs> so I'm Garrett Kelly. I'm a CPA uh, with Markham and uh, it's a national firm with local offices. And um, I've been a CPA now for going on eight years and um, mostly deal with uh, businesses and flow through entities, um, do a lot of tax planning for folks, uh, you know, dabble in uh, individual taxes as well. Um, and uh, my favorite part of my job is really um, sticking it to the man and reducing the tax consequences. Doing some tax <laughs> planning businesses. It's a New Hampshire boy right there. Yeah. And, die, uh, baby. So, yeah, that, that's what I do. And I, I, I just see so many different families and businesses on a weekly basis. Um, and there's always very similar and common financial struggles they have um, revolving around cash flow, cash reserves, or paying too much in taxes, or not knowing um, when the tax man's coming to get them, and, and uh, so yeah, that's what do I you do. and Eric so always stay in the mood. So we work. <laughs> so we. So I um, yeah. Never I know where you're, you're at. You're at right? <laughs> yeah, it's scary. It can be scary if you don't know where you're at. So, so right. yeah, you, you guys like yeah. So I'm that's how we work together. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Garrett does our uh, taxes and stuff. So sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, I guess we could start with like your. Do you have a a definition of financial health, or what would you like? How would you describe financial health? Yeah, putting me around the spot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I think financial health is it's multiple metrics or principles that you can live by. So financial health is just a snapshot of somebody where they're at, right? Uh, financially. You know, I don't think there's, you go to the dictionary, there's not really anything on financial health. Right. Um, Dave Ramsey has a different definition than, you know, other folks, right? Mm. So it just depends on who you talk to. Um, Would but, you, and it can change yeah. drastically, depends. quickly, I guess, whereas like yeah. physical health, usually it's, I mean, unless something catastrophic happens, right. it's like you kind of. It's pretty static. Right. Yeah. Are you? Are you? The, the metrics for health are pretty static. Right. Yeah. You get blown up. There are a lot of parallels. There's a lot of parallels, though, right? Like right. You can have a heart attack. Yeah. Right? Or you can get some bad news from the doctor. Calamity can suddenly hit you, right? Yeah. yeah. Just like finances. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. There's All of the healthcare industry is revolving around calamity happening, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's. Uh, man, I, I got a statistic somewhere here, but. <clears throat> I mean, just a great example. Sixty-one uh, percent of Americans cannot cover a thousand-dollar emergency. Wow! So there's a great example of thousand dollars. Doesn't sound like a lot. It doesn't sound like it could be a catastrophe for somebody. But if they can't write a thousand-dollar check in an emergency, um, it could be catastrophic. Uh, I imagine that's risen in the last few years by quite I'm a bit. Sure, that percentage. Yep. That's stats a little. Old. So, yeah, I'm sure it has. So that's a big deal. And yeah. to map that on some concepts we talk about all the time, like when we talk about CrossFit programming or just general training, um, the goal is to be prepared for whatever the environment throws at you. And your body can respond. You can, uh, you know, be resilient. So if you map that kind of into the the personal finances, like if there's a wrench thrown in your system, are you able to not crumble and be completely? overtaken by that small circumstance yeah well-rounded yeah well right? that's crossfit you're well-rounded physically mm -hmm. and i think financially somebody may be really good at generating income but then they're terrible with their budget like mm -hmm. they don't know where their money's going 
right? There could be some high sales executive pulling in all this money, yeah, but, but they don't have a net worth. They spend it all, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot of parallels. Structural balance. Just hemorrhaging <laughs> money, right? Right. Like, yeah. But no, cauterization. Yep, yeah. exactly. So, would you? Yeah. I was when I was thinking about definition of financial health. I was mm-hmm. thinking about like living within your means mm-hmm. and have and how that is kind of because you could have someone that makes a ton of money like you were saying, but right. then spends it on for calories in, and calories out, right? Right. right. Yeah, the opposite way, right? But then you could have someone who lives like right on the poverty level, but they're you know saving ten percent right. or whatever towards future exactly and uh, yeah investments. So, yeah, great book. Um, you can listen to it on an audiobook. You can, I think it's even free on YouTube. Is The Richest Man in Babylon. You guys might have heard of that. No. Um, I haven't heard that one. Mm. Yeah. So I, I listened to that a couple of years ago during... And you know, during COVID, they put out all these free books on YouTube. I don't know if it's free anymore, but um, it's it's like 100 years old, um, the book is. Oh, wow. But the principles still apply. And one of the principles there is pay yourself first. Pay yourself 10% first. And so, um, you know, maybe, you know, if you were, uh, a lot of folks say, hey, I, I give to charity first, you know, I'll give to the charitable organizations I want to give to, I pay myself first, and then I cover expenses after that. Well, that's a principle that the richest man in Babylon, that book, um, it's a book of parables and stories um, about a man in Babylon. And uh, that's one of the principles is, you know, tuck away money when you get it for yourself first or for God first or you know, whatever your priorities are first mm-hmm. um, before you pay your expenses. And that's um, proven to be true in a lot of people's lives uh, when they're building wealth. Mm-hmm. And staying financially fit is don't spend it before you even get the money. Right. And uh, I'd rather have money for my family set aside first um, and have an issue with the utility bill than pay the utility bill and my family's suffering, or there's an emergency I can't cover. So that's a principle that's talked about in that book. Really good, though. I think it's free on a lot of platforms. That that reminds me of the book, uh, or I think it's like an accounting principle of profit first. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like you have separate bank accounts, and you, like as soon as you get money in, you put 10% in your utilities bank account, you put you know, whatever percent in your fund yep. bank account and right. the other percentage and, right. you know. Yeah. You're telling your money where to go when it comes in and it's not, right, it's not, oh, I don't know, this is profit, right? So I'm just going to take it and spend it. You already know right. where it's going. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Having those systems seems like a big part of the puzzle. Um, just like, you know, if we look at, to keep mapping it back to the stuff that I understand as a meathead, like if we, <laughs> if we look at like programming, you have to have a certain balance of where the priorities are. We got to spend a certain amount of time on strength building, a certain amount of time on um, building our aerobic system. And if we get those things out of balance, then we're going to be out of balance. We're going to be, there will be a liability because of that. 100%. Um, so like if you don't have a system for it and you're just kind of like trying to figure it out on the fly, which I think is the majority of people with money and this, um, I know up up until recently how I kind of operated where it was, it was just kind of like day by day, you know, right. Money in, money out until you start really learning how to systematize and prioritize your, your income. Exactly. Yeah. A great, a great tool. Um, and it's budgeting, right? Mm -hmm. So money's coming in. Are you going to tell your money where it's going to go? Like you're in charge of your money and, um, you know, I think the majority of Americans, uh, they don't have a grocery list, right, when they go to the grocery store. So one grocery run could be, they don't know what it's going to be. One could be $200 for the week, and they go the next week, and for some reason it's $400. And they're like, I don't know why, it's just because, right? Um, you know, most millionaires write a grocery list. So it's not for the people that are trying to get by and save 20 bucks a week. It's for everybody, um, and so that's huge, right? But you're right, the, the balance. So somebody could be focused on getting a raise or, or making more money, but they don't realize they haven't looked at their phone bill lately. They haven't looked at their utilities lately. They could find a raise in their expenses, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I've been paying $1,000 more than I should in my car insurance. There's a $1,000 raise right there, right in your pocket. And so 
um, there is a balance. And yeah. you look at your income levels. What are you doing to raise your income? What are you doing to budget your expenses and tell your money where to go? What are you doing to put away money for the future? Right? There's all these things that's a balance. And um, so definitely. Yeah, I, I think that it's always been relevant, but today it's particularly relevant because just inflation has risen so astronomically that we can't no longer we can no longer get away with like being a milkman and then owning a house and right. having a car and whatever else that now we have to be meticulous about budgeting right. or else we're going to sink under the weight of uh, financial stress right right and it's not even such an obtuse angle that i mean financial health is going to have a direct relevance on uh, in actual health yeah because if you I mean money doesn't buy happiness but it certainly alleviates a lot of stress which yeah, is, is exactly. happiness itself right yeah i look at money as a tool Right, and it's a fun tool when you have it, but it's a tool. So you're right; it can alleviate stress. Yeah. If you've got that three to six month emergency fund, yeah, um, that alleviates stress. Yeah. You know, um, some life will inevitably come at us, yeah. whether we want it to or not. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So I agree. <clears throat> One of the sadder points of this whole conversation to me is this: this is, I guess, just my personal experience, but I think a lot of people share it. Is this isn't necessarily something that's taught when you're in school or when you're growing up like if you don't have parents who are financially savvy which no no uh i'm not bashing on my parents because they did a great job with doing what they had with what what they doing what they did with what they had right. um but i was never taught how to be financially savvy in yeah, any any way nor modeled it yep. um and then in school i never heard they about it teach very much of it they might touch on and a little bit yeah, most, consumer most education or whatever but public education doesn't really get really into the weeds about it sure and if well, if you don't have that like same with if nobody teaches you how to do a deadlift and then you just live your life not be your whole life not being able to do a deadlift like right. you're at a deficiency because sure. of that. or you hurt yourself or you hurt yourself your back gets all tightened up over a couple yeah. of years because you're doing it wrong yeah and, and you get you sour like deadlifts are bad right right <laughs> yeah so, absolutely so it's that relationship it's you just don't yeah. have the knowledge I agree, and I, I, I didn't grow up with a lot of financial, um, you know, my parents didn't teach me a lot with finances, and uh, the one thing I, I did learn um, is my dad was a saver, so he taught me how to be a saver, but I didn't learn anything about the power of investments and tucking money away for the future, um, and I think that's a great parallel to fitness, is you can't compare yourself to everyone around you. You know, you've got to just look at your own progress. And so for me, you know, I, I knew a lot of guys that knew a lot, you know, about their finances, their family's finances. They, it was part of their upbringing. I didn't have that. Um, and so, yeah, you are a little bit behind as far as a learning curve. Um, but I think it can give you a hunger to, to grow in that mm -hmm. area too. Um, yeah, I think, you know, you can't compare yourself to the guy who's been working out and competitive in CrossFit for 10 years if you just get into the game. Right? Yeah. Um, but don't let that stop you from improving. I think that's huge. If you were in that position, say you're somebody who's like, I really want to get a handle on my financial life and I don't have one, what's a good, in your opinion, what's a good first couple steps yep. uh, sure. to sure. start you know, moving sure. that direction? So, you know, I think you mentioned earlier a plan, a written plan. And so it's actually knowing where you're at currently, your snapshot of your finances currently. So get a budget together. You know, I use um, Every Dollar. It's a Dave Ramsey platform. I think it's about a hundred bucks a year. Um, but uh, get a budget. See where your expenses are going, your income's going, and at least try to uh, identify and tell your money where to go. So you, you're gonna kinda know what your next month's income is, but you may not have and know exactly where your expenses are going. But after a month or two of budgeting, you can really dial in, okay, I usually spend this much in groceries, I usually spend this much in utilities, and gas, and you know whatever else, right? Insurance, and in debt. And then you can say, okay, well, I was a little bit short the past couple months, I had to dip into a credit card, um, we can get into credit cards, but then you can say, all right, where is it going to hurt? Where do I need to change some behavior so that I'm net positive this month or so that I can put 10% away this month? 
Um, but I think um, that's a great first step. A second one is there's great um, there's great platforms out there and, and podcasts to listen to that teach this daily. Dave Ramsey, the Money Guys, they they do a good job teaching on this stuff. Um, but yeah, there's a learning curve to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say a budget for the everyday everyday person is a huge deal. Yeah, and that's behavior based. You know that takes time and effort um, to put together. My wife and I actually just recently met with a financial planner for the first time uh, through Northwestern uh, Mutual and we did just this like alright let's sit down and look at every dollar you make and every dollar you spend Yes. and put it on paper and really like kind of picture out your whole year right um and just like the mobility that gives you to make decisions and not feel like you're gonna pay for those decisions because you kind of have a better picture of what's where yeah exactly um and to come back to the stress thing it's you feel (laughs) less stupid to be honest you feel less stressed out about the decisions you make because you know hey i'm covered i did the math i know i'm covered right yeah and i was for a couple of years out of school, I was kind of, I just got married, you know, I was, pay, you know, I'd been paying for my life in college and just fly by the seat of my pants, just trying to get by. I'd worked a million different types of jobs and nobody told me to get a written budget. No one told me this. And when I started to do that, it started to alleviate stress and where it's like, all right, I know where my money is. I know where it's going. Yeah. I had control over it. and. Uh, you know, that comes back to well, no one taught me when I was raised, right? Um, but I can't compare myself to somebody that was taught to do that when they were 12, 13, right. 14. Just ingrained into them from a yeah. young age, yeah. yeah. So I think that's a huge step. Now, um, now you mentioned Dave Ramsey a couple of times, but I, yeah. uh, one, a, couple, uh, a few things that I've only heard uh, that I think are might be a little outdated with Dave Ramsey is yeah. that he's he talks about from what I've gathered he talks about things like if you can't afford school, they, or you should work your way through school and well that's that's not possible for most people. It's really it, inflation has skyrocketed yeah. and it, that's an investment in education which I think is worth maybe right. taking a loan out if you can't possibly afford to be a waitress and go to school at the same time. I think it's a little silly to propose that m- most people can get through school without taking loans out, right? It, it just depends on what you're willing to sacrifice. To right. Do. So, like, you're kind of limited to be a tradesman if if that's the case, right? So, let's well, say you want to go to a four year school. I wouldn't call tradesmen limited. Uh, <laughs> just definitely not. Call call limited. If you, no, I'm yeah. saying it's a good job. If not you everyone want, wants yeah, to be a tradesman. If you wanted to be a doctor right? and you couldn't afford right. it. It's got a limitation that yeah. not everyone wants to be a limited yeah. tradesman, right? Gotcha. Yeah, I would say you're right. I think, um, you know, the cost of college, college. Is not the be all end all. You gotta go to college, right? College is, it, I think it's three times as expensive as, as it was 20 years ago. Um, that's some statistic I heard recently. Um, we, could, we could fact check that, but uh, I think you're right. Yeah. The cost of college is outrageous. It's, it's impossible. But the to, return on investment on that yeah. may not even be worth it, right. depending yeah. on what you want to do. It depends on what you want to do. Depends on what you want to do. Yeah. Um, working your way through school debt free, which is what Dave Ramsey uh, teaches. Endorses, yeah. Um, I think you're definitely have a leg up if you can do that. Yeah. I really do think you have a leg up if you can. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Um, I, I decided to go to state school because yep. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I know I needed a like bachelor's degree. Yeah. And so I just went to like Fitchburg State College yep. and you know got my degree in business administration and yeah um i minored in exercise science and then i worked at circuit city the whole yeah. time like 30 hours a week just yeah. to pay I mean, for I, it. I had a full ride too from the government right the yeah. gi bill in uh voc rehab for, for right. going to overseas and doing deployments over again but i still had trouble making it through school with, yeah. with all the how high the price of living the cost of living is nowadays right. it's still hard even with full scholarship right. to make it through school without another side job, which I always had. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it is. Um, and I think it's a, unfortunately, it's a result of um, inflation over time, the cost of cost of living, the cost of college, right. all these things. We don't have a perfect economy, a perfect system. And so we can pump money in, create a little stimulus. People spend that. There's more money in the economy. Right. Prices go up. 
but income doesn't go up as fast. Right. 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 Houses yeah, get more expensive. Utility gets more yep, expensive. Food yep. gets more expensive. But income, yeah. you know, something may go up in a five-year period, thirty percent in cost. Yeah. But your income may have only gone up those five years ten percent, fifteen percent. That's exactly what's going on. And um, that happens. That's our system right now. Mm-hmm. I uh, thought for inflation, I I don't know your take on this, but um, and this is kind of anti Dave Ramsey, I think, because he's always no debt or whatever. But if you like wanted to buy a say real estate asset yeah. and you get a four percent interest rate on it sure um and inflation is ten percent right or you know that's almost like you're getting free six yep. percent like you're getting free money basically yeah and i agree with yeah. that um i think leveraging debt with an asset in, in, an income producing asset like real estate mm-hmm. is smart yeah. and i work with a lot of real estate investors and they've done that for years and you're yeah. right so Four percent. Um, Twenty years from now, if you do maybe you do a fifteen-year note or a thirty-year note, that's four percent for fifteen years. And if inflation is, you know, above that, you're right, you're winning. Right. Um, and so there's just other advantages to leveraging debt for real estate, uh, depreciation expense, um, with uh, just the deductibility, the, the tax rates for for whenever you sell real estate, um, being lower tax rates with capital gains, uh, there's just a lot of benefits mm-hmm. that uh, I think you're right. If you can get into real estate and leverage debt to do it, and it's a cash flowing property, um, I like that, and I yeah. see it a lot, so. Something we talked about actually earlier today, um, like a, I guess this came across my my, this idea came across my plate and I never realized that I had this bias until I heard this but it was like <clears throat> the fact that money coming to you doesn't need to be a direct result of a physical task and I've like I've labored in construction and coaching and I was a teacher and like all the things that made me money I, I have this attachment that like it's like physical output that gives right. me money hard work yeah, yeah, which I think is natural and normal yeah. and also like a, kind of a healthy relationship to have. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, um, to transcend that eventually, it's like how can you have that money come from something that's not a physical task? Right. You know, set yourself in a direction where it's you're being, you know, making money without having to physically sure. sweat. Right. It's like and not trading time for money, right? Right. right. Yeah. yeah, 100%. And I energy. Had, I had, you know, I worked physical jobs growing up. And so I had that that connection to work really hard, you know, output and get raises, get paid more, but you're trading your time. Um, You know, you've probably heard of uh, Robert Kiyosaki. He talks about, like, the income quadrant. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Mm -hmm. which is also a great book. Yeah. Um, But you've got... Is that the guy? Yeah. 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 So you're thinking of investments, right, or business owners. Um, where passive maybe, income, right? passive income, right? That's <laughs> real estate, um, where you're letting the asset generate the income for you, or you get a business to a point where a lot of it can operate without your direct input of effort and energy and time. Um, and so, yeah, that's some of the biggest wealth building tools out there is getting into some investments, yeah. um, or starting your own business. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely. Uh, something to pursue and not taught in school yeah and it's not taught in school because it's just tricky sometimes to get into that because with investments comes risk yeah Yeah. so you have to know what you're doing you don't want to just jump in and just play the lotto and you need to have a little bit of capital to play the game in the first place or or sacrifice like there needs to be there it can't be easy otherwise everyone would do it so like yeah like for for me i've said before like i like sold all my assets and moved in with my mom at 26 year old yeah 26 years old even though that was incredibly embarrassing as like a single dude sure um but i was like all right i'm just going to make the sacrifice and hopefully the business will pay off will pay off someday you know right so that was kind of my my buy-in and like my sacrifice and paying myself 12 grand a year for three years you know like that was that was the struggle and then it and then over time it can snowball you know it does yeah and um 
it can even be the little things, right? So somebody's advice might be, I've got to have a new vehicle every two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, most people who are building wealth aren't the ones going out and buying the new vehicle every two right. or three years. They're just not. Um, not that you can't do that and still It's going to make wealth. it harder on yourself, right? It right. makes it harder. Um, and so you're right, though. Um, a lot of times the, the success story, you see, you know, the first third of it or first quarter of that is sacrifice yeah um and so personal story is when i was in texas for years everyone was buying a new built home they're building nice buying nice homes um i bought a flip and so i was newly married and i bought a house that i knew i could flip but it wasn't a pretty house it wasn't what all my you know everyone around clients and people at work would want to see me living in or but uh I didn't care because I saw potential, but it was a risk. And, um, you know, I, I 2X'd my money um, in a five-year period. More in um, Texas. I used to, in I, Texas. I, I, was, so, I mean, where in te- I was born and raised in Texas. Okay. Uh, so, um, you know, Waco, Texas. Yeah. Chip and Joanna Gaines, all that. Yeah, I know Waco. Uh, I yeah. lived in McGregor. Okay. In McGregor, Texas. Oh, I was in DFW. I was born in Amarillo and okay. uh, raised around DFW. Yeah. So I wasn't too far away from Waco. Yeah. Like three hours or so, right? Yeah. So there's Texas is booming and growing, but oh yeah, was, nowadays it's spe- spe- all the tech guys are it's Exodus from California over yeah, there. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. My brother-in-law, his family lives in Houston, and okay. yeah, I mean they they bought a couple-year-old house yeah. for like I don't know two hundred something thousand dollars right. like a few maybe five years ago, and yeah. now it's worth twice or three times that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, some of that's riding the market and uh, knowing where to buy and when to buy. Um, and for my situation, it was, I'm going to live in an ugly house and, and fix it. Yeah. Fix it up. Make it nice. Yeah. And make it nice. Um, and did it myself, right? But I wasn't trading. So let's did talk you about know DIY. How to do it? Were you good yeah, at I'm doing okay. it? Yeah. I've been, my dad, something my dad taught me is um, how to fix things. Right. right. If it's plumbing or, right. you know. I've tried doing that, and they're like, I know nothing about plumbing, and it's taken me three days to do a plumbing job that a plumber yeah. comes in and does in five minutes. So I'm like, I know. This I isn't know. worth my time. Yeah. And it, let's get into that. DIY, when to do it yourself. Um, I look at it as, let's say your pump breaks in your basement. This just happened to me. So, all right, let's look at how much do you make per hour. What, what do you usually output, or what could you be spending your time on that's generating income? Maybe you can look at it like an hourly rate, like, all right, my time is worth $25 an hour, or my time's worth $100 an hour, whatever it is. Um, is it worth, and estimate your time. How long is it going to take for me to fix this? Is it four hours of driving and buying things? So four hours of your time, maybe $300 in materials. So now maybe I'm $500 of time and materials right. myself. Well, are you cutting out from like working with clients yeah. or this and that? Yeah. But did I have an opportunity I I, I passed on? Was right. it a, a new client meeting? Was yeah. it actually generating income with my time? So if I passed on that, and that was a lot more lucrative than just paying somebody um, to do it, and then I'm going to pay someone to do it. Right. But if I'm just going to sit and watch TV yeah, I get exactly, home, yeah. I might as well take those three hours and fix it right. and save a thousand dollars because you're going to pay a, a guy to come in fifteen hundred bucks. Then can you break it if in the process of trying to fix it? <laughs> well, that's even worse. Yeah, that's right. the risk. Right? I've done that too. Um, <laughs> Shoot, my car doesn't work now. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, that is, the, but it's. Would are you are you? Should you do it yourself? Um, that's the question. And what is your time and materials worth to do it yourself? And what are you foregoing, right? So it's a cost-benefit analysis. If you were just gonna hang out and watch TV or go for a walk or whatever you're gonna do, um, okay, there's nothing really you're giving up for potential income or anything like that, or a potential opportunity. But if it's middle of the day, you've got things going on, there's potential income to be, to be had, and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna do it myself. Well, why don't you take 10 minutes and think through it. Maybe you do want to pay someone $500 or $1,000 for eight hours of your time, mm-hmm. right? right? Stuff like that you want to, um, that's how I always assess things. And um, 
hopefully as your wealth is growing and your income is growing, over time you are going to do things. You're going to your DIYs. You're not going to do it as much. Yeah. yeah. Right? Um, you have the luxury to not do it yourself. You start to get that yeah. luxury to not do it yourself, and it's not even that you have the money in the bank to do it yourself, but how much time and materials is that really worth? <coughs> what are you What are you giving up? Yeah. Um, and yeah. that seems. Go ahead. Aaron. That's that's kind of similar of like growing a business. Like you start and you're the janitor, you're the accountant, you're everything. Every hat. Yeah. Or every and hat. And then it's like, that. all right, what? Like, what's the lowest? use of my time like what could i hire for the cheapest amount to give me more time right and so then maybe you hire a cleaner and now you have more time to focus on marketing or or exactly. get more clients or um you know do more training or something and then exactly. and then you figure out what else what else can i replace you know right and then things like like bookkeeping and accounting for me it's just yeah. something i'll i'm it takes me forever to do sure. it i don't understand it as well yeah. and so you could probably get there yeah <laughs> it's and just a headache and, right do i want to spend yeah. time teaching myself to right. do something that i don't even enjoy and right. so i'll put it off anyways sure or is it worth it like you know outsourcing and paying somebody who knows right. how to do it efficiently right. efficiently like yourself so right Yep, yeah. exactly. That was one of the first thing I outsourced in Hawaii was an accounting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have nothing to do yeah. with that. No, you're That's like, <laughs> I, 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 um, I, I'll talk to a new client all the time that they've been doing their taxes on their own, and um, I inevitably find things that I say, hey, you know, you should, we can amend these returns, these tax returns, because it was done wrong and you left money on the table. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think there's something to be said about using professionals um, to do certain things like your taxes um, or if it's you're about to have some large transactions happen um, consult with a professional and see what the impact is right um, so yeah definitely DIY should you do it yourself yeah you know, it's a big question yeah. I did we did our first house we I redid four or three bathrooms myself yeah. in the kitchen like redid it all right and we ended up making like seventy thousand dollars on it because i did all the work myself and yep. i was like this is awesome uh, and that was over the course of like three years right and then so we sold our house for 70k more than we bought it um and then how much I, was the materials and everything yeah it was 70 profit so we 70 profit so yeah we put i put like 30k in material so we we sold it for like 100k more than wow. we bought it maybe but then a year later the people that bought it from us who did absolutely nothing sold it for a hundred thousand oh, just wow. because yeah. it's from holding on yeah, to inflation it. Yeah, well, and all yeah. that yeah. so it's like sometimes was that, it uh, was that coburn woods COVID, but was it oh uh, no that was that was like the in like 2018 to okay. 19 bump okay. yeah but then but you know we took that money and invested into this building and our current yeah. home which those also increased in value so it all worked out but yeah. um but it just shows like sometimes timing is more important than DIY. Right. <laughs> yeah. It seems like one of the bigger themes that kind of threads through this whole conversation is like having having a lens of investment and return in regards to your money, your time, and your energy. And I think that's a, a much more strategic way to think rather than like it's easy to make tactical decisions on the day-to-day -day about like spending money on all right, I got to go get gas because my gas tank's empty. Like that's like just very in the moment tactical decisions. But if you can step back and like strategize for years, um, that's a lens that I don't think most people ever like click into. Right. They stay in that tactical decision making with their money and their time and stuff. Right. Yeah, they're fighting the daily battles and just day to day. And yeah, <clears throat> and that's that's a big thing. Everyone. And I always pick clients' brains on this. I go, how did you get here? What, what are some things that you did differently? Um, and people always have, you know, it always comes down to a plan, right? Actually working a plan, um, whether it's a written plan or just, oh, well, I review my finances every Saturday morning. Or I, um, I've been working with a financial advisor for the past 20 years, right? There's, there's intentionality to it. Um, it's not just, uh, you know, I need more money. I need more money. It's, all right, well, what can I do with the money I have now? Mm -hmm. um, how do I um, get to a position where I'm a little bit more at peace and at rest and not just 
flying by the seat of your pants um, with your income. So yeah, I've heard a stat too. Like once you make over seventy-five thousand dollars a year, your happiness doesn't actually increase or something. Yeah, is that, I've heard that. Is that true? Maybe more now, but yeah, uh, yeah it's probably. I've like heard something about three hundred thousand now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as your income goes up, your expectations continue to rise. More money, yeah. more problems. As yeah. Say, huh? <laughs> more, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, as your income goes up, you always have more expectations, right? Um, you know, millionaires are, are chasing multimillionaires. Multimillionaires are chasing billionaires, right? Mm -hmm. um, it never ends. So that, that's one thing is no, you know, and this is good to write down on paper. That's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> but write down what do you what do you want, and um, know when enough is enough. So you see executives they're working 80, 90 hours a week all year long, and they've got millions of dollars, but they want a hundred. Yeah, right? they keep hung hungry for more. I'll right. So no, no one's enough. Enough's enough. Yeah. Um, and that that is a balance. We call that in the fitness realm, we talk about this all the time, is diminishing yeah. returns. Like, you got a 400-pound deadlift, but you want that 500-pound deadlift. <laughs> you're going to have to sacrifice your conditioning. You're going to have to gain body weight. Like, yeah. there's right. going to be other things that are going to suffer for you to go beyond a healthy range in sure. one avenue. Absolutely. Right? I think that's in the financial world, too, diminishing returns. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it came from the, I think we probably yeah, stole from the financial guys. world. So, that's a great point, though. So... Let's say you're like Shit. somebody's making good money, but they're like, I want more. And they didn't define when enough's enough. So they start sacrificing family time. Mm -hmm. They start sacrificing their physical health. They start sacrificing all these things, and they're not happy. And they just keep going for more. Right. Just yeah. stuck in autopilot, just yeah. trying to get more and more. Right. Die with the most amount of money, right? Right. I think, yeah, yeah knowing what you want is yes. important. Because every, every year I think about, like, my five to ten year goals and then reduce it to that one year right and like that that helps a lot whether it's fitness or financial or whatever right um it's yeah i think it's important to know what you want because otherwise you're just shooting in the dark kind of right yeah and maybe being a billionaire is what you really want and maybe. so then you have to make some probably serious sacrifices. sacrifices yeah and maybe right. you want to go to the crossfit games and then that means you have to make significant sacrifices but like, yeah. yeah, for me, like, I don't, like, I don't know. I want to be kind of balanced across yeah. everything, Same. you know? And I think, um, I think that's admirable. I think when you see people that have that good balance, um, I think people see that and they want that and they envy that, um, whether they admit it or not. <laughs> I right. think people really value balance. Right. Um, yeah, I have to publicly publicly thank you for the first time. Uh, for <laughs> you, the first time I I was ever given a packet that said, "What do you want in a year from now? What do you want in five years from now?" And you give me one of those every year for the past four years. Oh. And to bring it back to like the childhood and education and school system, like if I had gotten one of those from the time I was twelve, and to just like map out what I thought and why I thought it and set some basic trajectories like you're gonna miss the target if you don't have a target right so that was really helpful for me as uh, a young man to have and i think everybody should do that whether it's a, a packet that has prompts or if it's just you kind of journaling and brainstorming you know set a trajectory and a, a target right. yeah it's kind of exciting to write that stuff down too. yeah you get it on paper you're like all right, I can do this. All right, right. Let's do it. And it makes you a little bit more accountable because yes. it's out there. You right. Know? Yeah. I'm going to deadlift 500 pounds and I said it, damn it. <laughs> I said it, I got to do it type yeah. of thing, you know? Yeah. And it's cool to look back at them too over the, like, because I've been doing that same, the yearly goal, like the packets for 10 years now. And it's cool to look at back at the first one and see like my 10 year goals, which at the time seemed absolutely outrageous. Right. Like, and you've achieved And then you've them achieved them, yeah. yeah. So you achieved all of them? I don't know, a good chunk of them good at least, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess, would you, so happiness from finances isn't necessarily about just more, more, more. No, I think it's about knowing what you want and then having the tools to accomplish it. One of those tools is money, right? Mm -hmm. And so you got to know how much money you need 
to achieve what you want. And yeah, it's, um, you see this all the time, right? With people that they, are very wealthy, they just want more and more and more. Um, I see with clients, to be frank, and yeah. um, they start making decisions that I, I feel like I'm like, maybe you need to hold on for a second, let's sit down and discuss this, or have you talked with your financial advisor about this? Um, or it's, hey, I'm gonna go buy this because they're not comfortable with who they are and right. so they've got to go get that house or that car um, they've got to somehow finance something that they really shouldn't finance um, and I think a big part of financial fitness financial health is knowing who you are and being comfortable with who you are um, you know I, I know a lot of folks that drive really nice cars I'm not a car guy <laughs> Yeah. And so in my world, in the finance world, you see a lot of people driving nice cars. I'm okay with that. Um, I actually think sometimes people are jealous that I'm okay with that. <laughs> no, really. You know, I drive a 2012 Toyota Tacoma. I love it. Um, I like Tacoma hunting. Life. Yeah. yeah. I like hunting. <laughs> I like fishing. And it, it, it fits mm-hmm. part of my lifestyle. And uh, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah, so. I, I look at cars as like an investment because I yeah. used to, like right out of college, I loved cars and I thought that I yeah. wanted to have a car dealership. So I, like I, I did have like a little used car lot for a yeah. while with nice. another guy. And yeah. uh, so I learned a lot about cars. And so now I look at them as investments, like how much is this going to cost me over five years of owning right. it? And right. and is it going to hold its value more than another car? And yeah. so, um, yeah, so i I went from like wanting a nice car to wanting a and an, a smart a, a smart investment a smart car. Investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to, Toyota Tacomas are where it's at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. bought mine like four years ago uh-huh. and put thirty thousand miles on it and sold it for more. Yeah, more, more than, more than it's wild. Yeah, I did so, the I mean, same thing with the Tundra. Yeah, that's what so, I have now. Oh, you, okay. now you got you had a Tundra now. And right. <laughs> <laughs> I did that in Texas. I yeah. I bought a Tundra, and uh, but this was during COVID. Yeah. I knew they held value, but when I bought it and I sold it for like nine months later, um, and I think I made six thousand dollars off of it. Yeah, wow. it's Toyotas, right? <laughs> so the the takeaway from the podcast yes. is buy a Toyota. Buy a Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> All right, got that. I'm financially sound. Right now. <laughs> Financial fitness. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, any other like stats or any interesting low yeah. hanging fruit that people should? So, here's a good one. Um, 80% of, of millionaires participate in their company in the 401ks or they participate in some retirement account. So a lot of people may get pessimistic um, with what the market's doing, the fluctuations. Maybe they've had a hard time making money in their retirement accounts in the past, um, but the statistics don't lie that you know slow growth over time and Deferring compounding that pleasure, interest, yeah. compounding interest, deferring that pleasure. Okay, <clears throat> I'm gonna. I want to spend this five thousand dollars this year, but instead, I'm gonna put it in my retirement account. I'm gonna put it in my IRA, and <clears throat> you know, like I said, to statistically speaking, that's what eighty percent of of millionaires do. Um, and so, I think that's it's important. It's mm-hmm. an important fact. Yeah, you that's, brought up a quote. <clears throat> Two weeks ago at a meeting, you said, compounding interest is a law of nature. Those who don't understand it, pay it. And those who do understand it, gain it. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a good way to look at it. Yeah, I think it was Albert Einstein said that quote. Yeah. But yeah, it's those who understand it, profit by it or something like that. Yeah, along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, that diminishing or the uh, delayed gratification, right. that, like that's again applicable across fitness or all elements. Yeah, you know, like put off pleasure today so that sure. you can be even, you know, get even more right. later. You know. Yeah, that dieting, right? <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's a huge part of fitness. Um, I'm sure that's a huge parallel. You guys have probably talked about that before. Oh yeah, uh, on podcasts. Awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a pretty big one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so another good book that you can also get an audiobook is The, the Psychology of Money. Um, it's Morgan Housel or Housel. Um, and 
one of the biggest takeaways from that book is that you know financial you know be, being financially fit um, building wealth <clears throat> it's more behavior based it's not intellectual it's not you know intellectually based and so you can have a very very smart individual know everything about <clears throat> finances and how to grow wealth and understands you know trading and options and all that <clears throat> but if <coughs> excuse me if they don't change their behavior then it doesn't matter right they're not going to build wealth if they can't make the decision um and so it's the same thing it's like I, should i put money away in retirement now or do i spend it you can be really smart and understand 10 different reasons why you should invest it but if you don't have the right behavior and the right discipline, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how smart you are. And yeah, so, it's meaningless to know it and not execute on it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I guess for fitness, right, you can know everything there is to know about fitness and CrossFit and different equipment. Um, you know, I've got to have this piece of equipment. I've got to have, you know, whatever it is. And... Uh, but if you don't have the discipline and behavior... Yeah, to um, show up every day. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've known a lot of people that just deck out their own home gyms right. and thinking they'll save so much money and then they go home and don't use it all right. the time. Right? Right. They, they might know the things to do on it, yeah. but if they don't have the consistency and discipline mm-hmm. to use it... And, and the piece of equipment might yeah. be like... You might be like, wow, yeah, you did your research. Right. That you, is really, right. you really knew what you were doing when you, you bought re- that thing. <laughs> but not I when you that. didn't yeah. use it. Right. right. We'd always make a joke in the, when I played college football that the guys with the fanciest, like, gloves, cleats, helmet visors were always the worst players. Yeah, right. there's a name oh, yeah. oh, yeah, look at this guy. Yeah. Decked out over there. Right. I remember, yeah, walking onto a baseball team, um, some showcase team. I showed up at, after a surgery with no socks on, a T-shirt on, and, um, you know, I, I fell out of place, but it didn't matter. Um, when you can actually perform and you have the right behavior, yeah, um, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, I was being know, the, the the barefoot hike, like fifty <laughs> miles barefoot through the Cascades, yeah. and then and, you um, and Pedro, and then Pedro's wearing every piece of hiking equipment right. known to me, right. <laughs> <laughs> scaring off all the animals with his clacking and everything. Else. <laughs> so yeah, you can buy every financial piece of software out there. I was talking about a budgeting software. You can have the best financial advisor in the world, but if you're not willing to use the tools around you then you can be really smart know who to go to but if you don't make the decision and change your behavior it's useless mm-hmm. so yeah i think that's with accountants right you have a cpa and there's a large transaction that's about to happen and they tell you about it afterwards well you had this resource you knew you should have reached out and asked but you rushed through it you didn't have a discussion and now there's consequences. Maybe you should have waited to the next, just 30 more days to the next year and you could have avoided a certain amount of taxes. Or you should have structured the deal differently. Asset sale, stock sale, all these different things you can do. Um, if you had just reached out to your resource, um, you could have saved a tremendous amount of taxes. Um, and so I think it's, once again, behavior-based. doesn't matter how smart you are. Right, and so um, smart people don't impress me. Disciplined people do. Yeah, uh, I'd say the same. That's, that's a, a that's a good yeah. Uh, the best philosophy. Yeah. That's like us saying, like the the best people to work with are the des- disciplined people. Like yeah. if someone comes in and they just Absolutely. doesn't matter how fit they are. And the coachable people. Right? Yeah, right. coachable and disciplined. Yeah. Like that's that's right. the best. You know, they're ones. gonna get what they should get out of the service. They're gonna get the best bang right. for their buck here. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's great. But, you know, that's, um, it's, you know, reiterated time and time again in that book, The Psychology of Money. It's a great uh, audio book that they want to listen to. So, the Psychology cool. of Money. The Psychology of Money. Yeah. Or is it for a new audio book? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll listen to that one after I listen. Yeah. Free. <laughs> Aaron was dining you out left yeah. and right the other day. Yeah, so I had um, some principles that I would written down, and I think we talked about a lot of them, but, um, you know, consistency is better than, you know, inconsistency. So it's better to put away $500 a month 
for five years, then one time in those five years, have $20,000 and just aggressively put it in my investment, right? I mean, slow, you know, consistent growth over time, um, it, it's usually a winner, right? And it's just discipline and consistency. And that ties in with the behavior change as exactly. well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, reliable data, right? So, once again, are you actually using the tools around you? And do you know how much you spend on utilities? Do you know what your net worth is? Do you know, um, you know, what your income is at the end of the year? Do you know how it was compared to five years ago? All of that is super helpful um, for financial fitness. Um, obviously, it's for just health and fitness as well. But, um, you know, present sacrifice for future gain, we talked about that uh, quite a bit. And uh, just defining what you want and what is enough. Those are really a lot of the principles that I see are really important, and um, I think they parallel with fitness too. So, yeah. cool. Amen. I have no further questions. <laughs> we covered a lot again. Yeah, we always do. Yeah. Well, thank cool. you for your time. Yeah. yeah, it was good to have you here. Yeah, yeah. I well, think that's going to be a valuable one for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, and where where can like people find you, and where and who sure. who should find you? <laughs> <laughs> good question. Um, so we're based out we're the office based out of Merrimack, New Hampshire, and um, I deal with primarily businesses and just business groups um, that are um, so you go to business, you know, take care of your your personal taxes as well. And um, so one of the spe my specialties is really consulting and tax planning. Um, and, uh, and most CPAs can put a tax return together. Um, they can put numbers in a box and call it a day and file it. But I think when it's making decisions and helping business owners make more informed decisions, um, that's where I can shine a little bit. And a uh, good email for me is Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T, -T dot kelly k-e-l-l-y at markham m-a-r-c-u-m l-l-p dot com so garrett dot kelly at markham l-l-p dot com uh, be happy to talk with folks and see if we're a good fit so we can add that in the show notes too yeah underneath the link so right get a get a network going yeah yeah and i can vouch like it's it's it is helpful to have someone like when i was getting the tundra you said like there's a tax code that is right. expiring and and unfortunately right. i couldn't get the car in time for that to take advantage <laughs> yeah, of it but i know but yeah um there are there's all kinds of stuff that you your world knows that right. average people don't so yep yeah yeah exactly so usually I, it pay, the advice pays for itself yeah and, and you know i think for you you know i i deal a lot with you know kind of main street type businesses real estate um, construction, um, and so that fits in with your business really well, yeah. also. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yes. This is on my first podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Smashed it. Yeah. yeah.